you know, ca- cameras of 10 years ago of, you know, over the counter, not over the counter, <laughs> over the counter, <laughs> as opposed to prescription cameras. <laughs> you, you need a prescription. Go talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor about uh, iPhone 13 Pro Max. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And welcome back to Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchison. With me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Simon. Adam, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Doing great. Oh, I am I'm glad to hear it. We have a big episode this week as Apple had their first fall event. Uh, the Notably, it's their iPhone event. But the iPhones were kind of not that notable in, no. in, a, in a way, <laughs> which was surprising. <laughs> You know, it, it is in a, in a lot of ways they've moved away from the S branding, but this was a very uh, iPhone S year. S which, year, that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. Um, normally in the S years, though, we do get big processor upgrades, and it does seem like there was not a big processor upgrade this year, as they're normally normally the S year. Like no one cares about the processor that much, um, but it is normally <laughs> the thing that gets a big upgrade in the S year. Right. It better. It's better every year. But I, you know, I can't help but wonder if there was between kind of of mediocre iPhone upgrades. Uh, also, the Apple Watch, uh, kind of a mediocre upgrade that that is mm-hmm. also not even. We don't have even an on sale date for it. Um, and there had been rumors <laughs> that there were production issues. And uh, it, I can't help but wonder, you know, if there's was this always going to be the case in a perfect world were these these always going to be the updates or was there some combination of uh of uh, chip shortages and supply yep. chain issues uh you know i'm curious as to if uh if if tim cook might blame the uh, working from home we know that apple has had a uh, a pretty contentious uh, sort of reopening of their office plan uh, between employees and management. Um, but some combination of people working remotely and also not being able to travel to China uh, as much. Right. Or was this always going to be the case? I think, you know, from the outside, it's hard to tell. But it certainly seems like it seems a little suspicious that something might be up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, after the um, presentation that somebody did a meme of Steve Jobs back in like 19... 19- something i can't remember the actual name but it, but it was when he was talking about like, what is marketing and marketing should talk about like like the benefits and not the bits and then it's flash forwarded to like the new marketing like their new chief marketing officer uh jaws talking about bits uh and i was like oh so it seems like maybe there's some sort of to your point something going on whether it's supply chain or not that they're just like well we need to fill some time here so let's let's talk about the you know in-depth uh hardware updates and features that um you know, maybe, maybe fill the space. By all accounts, the cameras are from what I what I've read, and I'm not a, a camera person really, but from what I've I've read on Twitter, people who are camera people say these are great upgrades to the cameras. Right. Um, that is true every year, of course. Um, but that this might be <laughs> this, the cameras on the on the especially uh, on the pro models might be a larger upgrade than uh, than had been expected or the you know at least as uh, last year year over year uh and just so everybody knows that what, what we're talking about we are talking about the iphone 13 and the iphone 13 pro just to put that out there so other than the iphone some other hardware that people were quite surprised about and excited about was the new ipad minis uh they have received their first update since the 
March 2019. Uh, and so it has a bigger 8.3 inch screen. It now comes with a USB-C plug, uh, new color options, which everybody is always excited about when color is brought back into the, the lineup. Uh, and it also supports 5G, which is pretty exciting. And of course, it comes with the new A15 Bionic chip. So this was a pretty good update for uh, the iPad Mini. Yeah, the Mini is uh, a really beloved product by consumers. Um, and I think uh, this is a great upgrade because it's actually it has the newest chip, which I don't think we can always count on worth with some of Apple's uh, non pro products. Um, it, it has the latest chip, it has 5g, uh, it is going to be, you know, a pretty future proof device if you buy one today, and it will still be I think a good device a couple of years from now when they do replace it, uh, presumably. Um, but it is, uh, like I said, it's it's beloved, it fits into different context than lots of other iPads because it is the kind of thing that can fit in, you know, a, a coat pocket in the winter, for example. Uh, or a F-15 fighter jet pocket or <laughs> right. a firefighter or an uh, an ambulance driver EMT. Uh, that promo video just really tickled me. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes. Just where you, the iPad mini was fitting in in if, people's lives. If you, if you fi- fly a fighter jet, apparently you keep an iPad mini strapped to your thigh, which is uh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, okay, I'm sure someone has done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it, it like the Mac mini, it fits into different contexts and therefore is uh, a, a good thing to have in the lineup. I think mm-hmm. that uh, that the downside is Apple sometimes looks at those products and I'm sure they're not the highest sellers and the highest margin products and sometimes they don't update them as frequently. But this is a solid right. update for the Mini. It now has the, the form factor of the iPad Pro and the iPad Air yep. with the edge-to-edge yep. screen. Um, so there's really just that super low-end iPad that is still on the old design. Uh, so uh, Which is fine because that thing is, is also a, a functional device that is uh, you just need a large touchscreen to put somewhere. So pay us $300 and we'll give you that. Totally. And so I do want to ask you a question because Richard brought this up during the actual, uh, you know, presentation from or the keynote from from Apple was, do you think this is becoming Apple's response to like larger screen phones from uh, some like some like they're like, like their competitors, knowing that there's 5G enabled in it, um, you can have like that kind of like that uh, audio and Wi Fi calling. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, saw, I, I saw a couple of people tweeting about that. Also, I just I, people used to ask that about the iPod touch back in the day. At the end of the day, I mean, that didn't have cellular, mm. so it was a little different. At the end of the day, uh, I think most people, unfortunately, still need a phone with a phone number uh, in, mm. in their lives. And if you have a phone with a phone number in your life, then sure, theoretically, you could turn on the Wi-Fi calling and sort of also get calls on your iPad mini if you wanted to. Um, yep. But I don't think that this is a response to those larger phones. I think the response to those larger phones is uh, the iPhone 13 Pro Max. I don't think we're getting iPhones that are much bigger than the ones that are shipping today as iPhones, at least until Apple adopts folding designs. But I think it's going to be quite a while before folding comes to the iPhone, frankly. Um, Because I know that the Samsung phones are actually starting to get, uh, folding phones are actually starting to get pretty good, but they're, they can't produce them in the quantities that Apple needs. Uh, Those screens are just not ready to have, you know, a (laughs) hundred million phones uh, a year uh, be produced. So I, I think that, I do think that Apple will at some point ship foldables, but I think it'll come to the iPad before it comes to the iPhone. Got it. Yeah, it's good. 
it's good take that uh, two-factor authentication you know the inhibiting factor of the ipad mini becoming a uh, <laughs> a phone competitor oh yeah Inter- interesting point i hadn't thought of that oh I, that, that's that's the first thing i thought of was like everything now is two-factor authentication so you need that phone number that receives sms messages um yeah even though that's less secure than using an app but um yes <laughs> uh, it, it, i just think you would be setting yourself up for a lot of precarity to not have a phone with a phone number uh in, right. in your life Somebody, I'm sure, can get away with it, but uh, a lot of most people probably can't. Also, imagine like being in an emergency and not being able to call for help. Like, how stupid would you feel in that event? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think this last thing on, on the point is like phone numbers. I feel like are becoming more and more of a way like to like log into things versus yeah. like an email. It's like they're like they're using that, which again I really like because it's just I think it's just an easier way than like an email to. Um, log into an app or set up an account so uh i have i really like that uh the other hardware that we got to talk about here is the apple watch now there were rumors of some sort of square shaped and like a rugged design for the apple watch series 7 however uh that didn't come true um Instead, I th- one of the things that stood out to me was they have a full keyboard now. <laughs> yeah, on the new Series Seven. <laughs> Honestly, as a watch user, it it, it is needed um, because okay. <laughs> Siri is just not good enough or fast enough for dictating responses. And you can sort of they call it actually scribble. You can sort of draw letters on your wrist, but that also takes mm-hmm. a long time. The, the keyboard is the right thing to do, especially on these these new larger screens where uh, it it can actually fit. Um, you know, it, it's a, it was a subtle design change where they actually made the crystal rounder, which allows it to be mm-hmm. both more, more rugged and also, uh, make the screen a little bigger and also make the screen closer to the, the top of the, the, the crystal. I've heard two, there, there are two takes on what happened with the, these design leaks that basically said it was going to get flat sides like the iPhone 12 and 13. One is that Apple actually seeded those uh, to sort of suss out leakers. And we know they've done things like that before. Uh, and then awesome. they might have just caught a whole lot of uh, major leakers in their net. The other one is that maybe there, there, we had heard there were production issues. There, we know there are supply chain issues. Maybe they had planned that and they actually couldn't pull it off this year because of, of supply chain issues or production issues. Um, and I will know next year. If it, if it ships next year, then I think we'll know. <laughs> um, but but uh, I it, this this Apple Watch update is even it, it is a, an increase in the display size and the sort of ruggedness of the watch, uh, as mm-hmm. well as the brightness and uh, battery life. I think actually the, the biggest upgrade is it charges way faster. It does a full charge yep. in forty five minutes and enough charge for eight hours of sleep in eight minutes, uh, which is important because they're trying to get you to wear it to sleep and for for sleep tracking. So uh, right. given that you can do that probably while you're you know brushing your teeth at night, that that seems like a like actually the biggest actual use improvement for the watch um it, it is a very incremental upgrade um right other than that yeah and I, I think to your point right just across all the hardware we can just pretty much say it was an s-ier right just incremental upgrades across the board and i am curious to ask you adam of the different hardware products that apple has right now uh, you know iphone ipad minis uh apple watch like is there one that you're most excited about because for me i'm excited about the innovations that come to the apple watch more so than what happens to the iphone nowadays just because i think of all like the interesting like health advantages that are coming to the apple 
Apple Watch. I just think that is becoming a, a, a new piece of hardware that maybe has more potential uh, and more room for like innovation and like impact on our daily lives than uh, where the phones are today. Yeah, I mean, the iPhone is a mature product. Uh, it is not going to change that much every year. I think, again, the, the big jump we might see is if they someday move to foldables. But I, I think that that is probably it's at least three years away and more like five years away. Um, I also have a, a lot of questions about foldable phones. They, you basically on the phone side are trading, uh, uh, sort of length or depth for thickness. And I don't really know anybody who wants their phone to be thicker. So, right. uh, you know, I think there's some cool <laughs> form, you know, form factors you can sort of build, but I, I really see it as probably in the Apple ecosystem, the way that they get to iPads that are larger than the current 13 inches is that they eventually will have larger iPads that fold up to a smaller size and fit in your bag nicely. Um, I, I agree. I think that, so the phone is pretty mature. The iPads are also pretty mature. Again, at some point there will be a redesign that probably takes them in a foldable direction. Um, but I, I, I think that the watch is the most, it's the newest of the products, which therefore means that there's the most, uh, you know, opportunity for innovation. And even though we didn't see a ton of innovation this year, uh, although again, I think the fast charging is a big quality of life improvement. Uh, I think that we know that they are working on many new health features. Uh, we know that that probably coming next year, there's a body temperature monitor, which would be useful for detecting illness like COVID, say, um, but also super useful for um, fertility tracking for uh, for couples that are looking to have a baby. That is actually temperature is actually a thing that can help you with that. Um, so some you know real use world use cases there, and. The other things that they're working on are blood pressure, which obviously is a thing that a large number of people need to keep track of uh, and can impact your health. And the big one, the big uh, uh, light at the end of the, the tunnel whale. <laughs> is blood glucose tracking, non-invasive yep. blood glucose tracking. Um, and that is something that we've, I think we've talked about that a few times. It basically will obviously be be super beneficial for folks who are diabetic or pre-diabetic because you won't have to prick your finger. You can just, you know, tap something on your watch. But I actually think the bigger impact there is going to be on just helping normal people, everyday people who are not diabetic, understand the impact on their blood sugar of the foods that they eat. And I think it will have a big impact on uh, food consumption of uh, over time, just in training people to eat healthier. Uh, and I think that that is the re there's, that's the reason that they're targeting it. Uh, and that is, uh, is going to be a tidal wave of impact on the food and, and CPG and restaurant markets when that does start to ship. Uh, but that is, as far as we can tell, the, the, the temperature seems like it's coming next year. Blood glucose seems like it's still two or three years away. And unfortunately, it seems like one of those things that is perpetually two to three years away. So, uh, you know, I it's think a hard, it's a hard problem to solve. Yeah. I think they'll get there eventually. Um, they obviously have some, you know, top researchers uh, working on the problem, but uh, it's, you know, still a, a, a more far future product. Totally. In the meantime, if you're looking for a, a company to monitor your, your, your blood glucose level levels, yep, uh, is doing a lot of great work there. Um, and I think, again, what we're going to see is there's going to be the capture of the information. And then there's going to be like the, like the classic challenge of synthesizing that information is a helpful in, in like insights, right? Because, um, man, you can capture a lot of data individual foods you eat number of workouts that you do per day uh it's gonna get very granular so i think that's kind of like the funnel to think about is like capturing the data is one problem and then 
synthesizing like that data to make it useful and helpful given all the factors that could impact a glucose level throughout the day is going to be the second challenge. But as we continue to talk about health and fitness, we may as well double down on it and talk about Apple Fitness Plus, uh, as there were some pretty fun announcements about this product that Apple recently released uh, in the past year. So where should we start, Adam? Group workouts, the ability of share play. I think the announcements are pretty simple. There are okay. um, there are new workouts for uh, some some improvements to cycling, so that it automatically detects sort of what you're when you start and when you stop, and and improvements to cycling on e-bikes, so it can take into effect the account that you're not expelling all of the energy to move the bike, which is useful. <laughs> um, some they're adding Pilates, they're adding guided meditations, both audio yep. and video guided meditations. They're adding uh, some. I don't quite understand what this is. Maybe you will know better. Um, but some uh, some workout classes to help you prepare for skiing and snowboarding. I don't know exactly what that would look like, but to prepare That's for just winter working sports. your quads, just working okay. your quads making sure that your knees are flexible because those are the muscles that you use the most and your core, obviously. But I think that's just more of a fun branding to capture like a new audience than um, yeah, anything else, right? Yeah. Um, and then they're also expanding to 15 new countries uh, and for the first time outside of English language countries, which will be supported with subtitles, which isn't perfect, but we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm curious as to when they will start producing in other languages at some point. We'll see. Apple is really good at, at rolling things out internationally uh, for the most part. So uh, this is a very aggressive, I think, rollout. Um, and then I, I think the big feature that there were, you know, sort of nobody had been talking about and no rumors of, but uh, that in retrospect is really obvious is a group workouts feature um, that will use the upcoming feature of iOS 15 called share play um, to let you work out uh, with Apple Fitness in Apple Fitness Plus with up to 32 people. Um, and it will... Uh, Which is a crazy <laughs> amount of people. <laughs> it when is. When 32 people, I was like, what? That, like that? That's an entire class. It's like, an entire class, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I think it was a, a surprise. Uh, no one had been had had this on their their scorecard, but I think it's really great, um, and it's really great to see them giving some concrete use cases for share play outside of mm -hmm. watch a movie together, um, which had been sort of the, the other common uh, common thing. Um, the group because the watching the movies together that is a thing that some people will do outside of COVID, but really seems like the kind of thing that everybody wanted like a year ago, right? Um, the group workouts feature, I think a lot of people are going to continue working out at home. And this is a way for you to do that with your friends and family. Um, yep. I think it is notable that, uh, and I just want to call this out because we've sort of talked about this. Uh, SharePlay is also a user acquisition feature um, because in order to use, in this case, uh, Fitness Plus, in order to join a Fitness Plus class, you have to have an active Fitness Plus membership. Uh, and that could be because you already have one, or it could be because uh, when you are uh, invited to one of these classes, they also can offer you a special trial uh, that is unique to the share play circumstances. So if I... If you, for example, were not a Fitness Plus user already and I started a workout or, or invited you to, to join a Fitness Plus workout, that might come with a, an extended trial longer than the, the normal. I think it's one month uh, for, for most people and three months if you have a new Apple Watch, but it might be 45 days or 60 days instead of that one month as a way to sort of encourage people to use those, uh, use SharePlay to, to bring other people into the ecosystem. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because we know Apple, they're kind of targeting that more casual 
workout experience or beginner, I would say, when it comes to their product. Um, and so it's, that's just another great way to like work out with friends as like an incentive, like to go and do it. Um, and it'll be interesting to kind of see how like they develop this overall fitness experience over, over time. Like we've talked, like, would they want to make their own hardware? Probably not Would it. Will they integrate with other hardware? So that way, when you go to like lifetime fitness or Equinox, you can kind of sync your workouts there. Well, that that functionality already exists. It's been around for years. Uh, it's called Gym Kit. It's a way to temp- temporarily sync your watch with a, a piece of equipment in a public gym. So as soon as the session ends and you walk away, it just your your information you're logged out. There, none of your your stuff is there. Um, I don't know how popular that is. Uh, obviously, it required some upgrades on the hardware side. And I think that that obviously was a, a barrier pre-COVID for gyms. But uh, I, there might have been a lot of gyms who upgraded their equipment while they were closed. So I don't know out in the world, like how likely you are to come across a gym kit equipped piece of equipment. Totally. I totally agree. But on on the, 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 on the high end, if you look something like Peloton, right? Are we going to see Apple make 4000 or, you know, $5,000 treadmills like definitely not uh, probably not <laughs> um, yeah it's it, for in that in that instance it's really more about the uh, the integration with the watch and you know yep. anybody can make Peloton has an Apple watch app that you can use for uh, I think it only works for heart rate rate tracking when you're doing their like video classes and not on the bike or the treadmill but it is it would be possible for Peloton to make an app that syncs with their bike uh, I think they're not maybe fully doing that for uh for competitive reasons um but there's a, a home fitness company company tempo that uh is basically designed for more for for weight training but it does have kind of a you know mirror like screen that, that actually uses a device uh very similar to the face id and the microsoft xbox connect to sort of watch your form they just launched a, an apple watch integration that uh syncs your heart rate and 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 other data to their device in a, in a two direction so that functionality is all available to manufacturers it's just how much do they want to embrace the apple ecosystem um and I, you know i think i think that uh, Tempo is, uh, exactly right that it, you know, Apple's never going to compete directly with them and maybe they can sell some more of their devices to people who are in the Apple ecosystem. There's definitely a lot of movement happening in the fitness space. And it's really interesting just to see how Apple's kind of trying to capture both just given the fact that they're making a, you know, a, a very much integrated product for like that, you know, beginner, uh, workout and maybe even the enthusiast level, uh, but then potentially partnering with other people or letting other people in the ecosystem partner with them for the you know more experienced and advanced um, individuals within the workout space. So I think for Apple, as long as they have an Apple Watch on their hand, that's what's important to them uh, to kind of wrap them into like that larger ecosystem. So it's it's really like a win-win space for now. We'll see how that can change and something gets Sherlock down the line. Yeah. I mean, Apple is, I I think very far ahead in the health wearable space. Uh, you know, Google did buy Fitbit, but, uh, you know, in terms of integrating that they are, they're making progress, but I think the, that they are, uh, much further behind in the wearable space than they are in the, uh, in any, in the mobile space. Well, we have Adam two uh, last little topics to talk about to round out this episode of this year's iPhone September event. Um, first up, 
Let's talk about the computational photography uh, as, again, a, a main selling point for these these new iPhones and specifically uh, for the creator economy. So there were a couple of big computational photography uh, things that were announced, uh, features that were announced. Uh, the first one is called cinematic mode, which is basically uh, if you have a, a more recent iPhone, you have had the ability to, after you take a photo, adjust the focus uh, in the photo. So you could, you know, make it if for some reason, somebody, you know, that you're taking a close up photo of somebody and uh, their their face wasn't quite in focus, you could adjust it uh, after the fact. That's because the iPhone has had uh, LiDAR sensors on it. It's not actually focusing the camera when it takes the photo. It's taking uh, a bunch of different focuses and also a depth map and then sort of using uh, machine learning to try to guess what you want to be in focus. They're now bringing this to video, basically. And cinematic mode allows you to uh, do what in cinematography is called rack focus, which is without changing the shot, uh, focus, move, change the focus from something in the foreground to something in the background or vice versa. You're shifting the point of focus uh, while the star, shot remains constant. Um, and they kind of did a kind of knives out parody uh, to sort of demonstrate this, yep. uh, which was very cute. <laughs> which um, was great. <laughs> but it, it is a very sort of, you know, professional th- a thing that, that they use in film, in professional filmmaking. Um, and I think it mm-hmm. is likely that uh, that most consumers are not necessarily going to be be doing this. But the interesting thing is that cinematic mode also uses machine learning to kind of guess what you want to have in focus. So if you have a complex scene, it's going to be looking for faces. It can even, it says, anticipate a person moving into the frame. And that's probably because all of the iPhone cameras actually crop in a little from their full frame. So it can actually see a face before that, that face moves into frame. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's again, it, it's very cool. I think that, uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter poo-pooing this feature of like, oh, which can, what consumer is actually going to do this? How many people does this actually appeal to? Uh, I hate that kind of logic because uh, if you use that kind of logic, <laughs> we would never have cameras as good as we have on our phones today, right? Like you can always say, oh, this is only for the pros. But as soon as you put it in a device that that everybody uses, that has really been one of the, the ways that we get the creator economy because we have great cameras in our devices that everybody has at this point. Even cameras on the lowest end phones these days are way better than point and shoot cameras that we had 10 years ago, uh, just in terms of, of of the glass and more importantly, because of computational photography, because even those low end phones are doing a lot of processing to make up for the fact that the lenses are very short uh, compared to point and shoot cameras, much less DSLRs. Um, so, you know, I, I think the creator economy has been enabled by these kinds of things. Uh, I There will be somebody who will, who will make maybe not this year, maybe not next year. Someday we'll use uh, cinematic mode to make something that wins them a film festival that gets them a scholarship to film school. You know, it's like, that's not the point. Don't belittle it. It is democratizing tools. And the the more of those tools that get democratized, the larger the creator economy grows and the more people who are enabled to use just the device in their pocket to make something that looks professional and looking professional and acting professional in that way is uh, kind of the, the way that you fake it till you make it. That's how you find uh, the next Darren Aronofsky. That's my rant on why, why tools should be available to everybody as, as broadly as possible. There's also one other feature uh, that they discussed, uh, which was center stage. And so how do you see that playing into 
this kind of ecosystem of announcements? Yeah, so Center Stage is Apple's technology that um, basically follows, uses the using the front-facing camera when you're on video calls or shooting. It works when you're shooting in a, in a number of apps on uh, the front-facing camera, including apps like TikTok, um, that it uh, it follows you around the room. Uh, it basically is using a uh, the, an upgraded 12 megapixel front facing camera and then cropping it down so that it can it can follow you throughout the room without the device moving. Um, and this debuted on the iPad Pro last year. Uh, it weirdly did not come to any of the Macs announced last year, where it seems like it would be very useful. Uh, and it is now uh, coming just to the uh, iPad and the iPad Mini, even the low end $300 iPad. Um, it is not coming to the iPhone. It's obviously super helpful. For for anybody who in the past year and a half has been on a lot of video calls, it's great for that by all accounts. It is it makes the iPad into an excellent uh, an excellent video calling device. Um, but it also is I would I would tie it back to the creator economy again. A lot of the creator economy is people making YouTube videos and people streaming on Twitch and I think and people creating TikToks and a lot of those things will be improved with some machine learning uh, cinematography to improve your uh, your front facing camera experiences well totally um and like that, like that just brings me back to like all like all these features and functionalities like like the main population is going to see them be used in like a viral tiktok or something on instagram yeah. right like obviously yeah there'll be like the professionals that like that'll do it in like a feature length film or a short or some sort of tv show which would be great uh but i think that like mass population will see it's kind of in these more like digitally native channels um and this from like apple's perspective right like just talk about a way to get feedback like just hundreds if not thousands of people just using your new feature in new interesting ways that you can never really think about when you're developing that just internally um talk about a great feedback loop to really iterate on a product uh, and see what you know the uh the creators do with it yeah and if it if he, if it if it tells you anything i think it's notable that every time there is a like center stage does require some support from a third party app to be able to use it mm-hmm. uh, share uh, shareplay requires some support but from a third party app to in order to be able to use it if it tells you anything tiktok is always featured as one of the partners who is there on day <laughs> one with support for these technologies uh, and i think there yep. are a few reasons for that one of them is the creator economy one of them is china um one of them is it's not youtube and therefore google uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, those are all those are all good rationales uh, well, Adam, lastly, let's round out this conversation uh, just thinking about iOS 15 as it is coming to our devices on Monday. You've been using the beta for the past couple of weeks, so I, I really appreciate you doing that because uh, sometimes they just don't work out well. Uh, so what has been your initial reaction to it? I mean, I think iOS 15 is going to be uh, great. It's a lot of quality of life improvements uh, mm-hmm. for, for a lot of small things. Uh, the notification system and the focus system is a little, it takes a little while to set up, but I think it's actually great once you invest some time in it, kind of like widgets were, right? You have to sit down and think about where you want to put your widgets, uh, but once you once you spend uh, you know a half an hour doing that, it's a it's a, a nice improvement. Um, I think for brands, it is important that there are a number of features coming in iOS 15 that are affecting marketing and targeting. Um, in a number of ways. One of the things that is shipping as a beta and therefore turned off by default is uh, iCloud Private Relay, which is more or less a VPN that sort of obscures your IP address and and, loca- and also location tracking using your IP address uh, for that reason. 
from uh, from websites and and apps. Um, and that uh, I, I've turned that on. And initially, it seemed like the earlier versions of the beta were quite buggy, but I've had zero problems with it. So uh, you will notice when you when a website sort of tries to guess your location without asking for location information, it will be very wrong. So um, <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, you know, again, that's shipping by default as off, at least in iOS 15.0. Uh, so for now, uh, but it is something to keep in mind that that kind of IP based detection of location mm-hmm. probably going out the window for iOS devices, uh, if not immediately next Monday, but in the mm-hmm. near future when they do turn that on by default. The other thing is uh, the uh, ability for iCloud to generate random anonymous email addresses for you when websites or apps are asking for your email address. This is uh, something that was way more aggressive than I was expecting. The first time you see an email field in iOS 15, it actually won't even pop up just the normal autocomplete bar. It actually pops up a full sheet saying, do you want to hide your email? And it explains the feature and it offers you an option of, of a random email address or you know something that basically says, no, never mind, use my normal email. And if you choose to hide your email, it sends the website this random email address. You as the user can, can um, edit the, by default, it titles the the, na- the account associated with that to the website that, that is generating it, and uh, it lets you type some notes if you want to know what that what was actually about. Um, and then it, all of that information is stored in a special section in your settings, uh, and you can deactivate or uh, you can deactivate those emails at any time. So you know, I did it for a few sites, uh, specifically ones that I was not expecting to come back to, and I was like, oh, well, I need like. There was something that was like sign up for to be notified when we launch. And I was like, okay, this is a, a fine one. Uh, and it, uh, so far, it doesn't look like that address has been given out or, or sold to any spam lists. But if it ever does, I can just easily delete that email address. Um, and all of that is forwarding. If by default, it forwards to your iCloud email address, but it, you can also set it to forward to any other email address. So if you would prefer it to go into Gmail or Outlook or whatever. Got it. Interesting. Basically, Apple is uh, sort of making a fairly aggressive push to get people uh, who are using iCloud to use these sort of quasi-anonymous addresses, which could impact, obviously, linking back, linking accounts uh, to a user across services, uh, which I think is really their goal there, Uh, as well as obviously to help reduce spam, uh, because if if those emails are sold, they can easily be deactivated. Yes. So... A lot more to come there. Uh, If you are looking for a more in-depth refresher, we'll have links in our show note to uh, some summaries of all the iOS 15 announcements as well as WWC from the spring. Uh, So that way you you can go and review that. But um, I think this is the kind of round of our conversation here, Adam. Next up, this weekend is the Emmys. So expect Apple to uh, be out there showboating Ted Lasso as potentially a Emmy award-winning show. They're nominated right now. So um, I think... Apple's pretty excited to try and bring home some hardware uh, this weekend for their uh, originals. Yeah, Ted Lasso has the uh, a record for the most nominations for a comedy. So uh, we'll see how they do. Well, that is going to wrap up the announcements from Apple's iPhone event this year. As always, you can find myself on Twitter at T-I-P-P-I-E-R. You can find Adam at Adam J. Simon. And the lab is at IPG Lab. So if there are any questions, feel free to reach out. We're always happy to talk uh, these exciting new announcements. So thank you all for listening, and we'll talk soon. (laughs) 